Hello, everyone, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard. It's Thursday, December 9th, 2021. It's Thursday. The weekend's almost here. Hang in there. Hang in there. The weekend is near. Well, what to talk about today? Let's see. Let's see. How about we play the blame game? The blame game. You know the blame game where everyone blames someone else for things and never takes personal responsibility? Let's play the blame game. Let's play the blame. Let's start with uh, Gavin Newsom. He of the uh, perpetual state of emergency, the two-year state of emergency, the longest emergency in the history of emergencies. It's such a state of emergency that he goes to Mexico for vacation, and it's such an emergency that he has now a book tour where he's going around the country talking about his children's book that he wrote. What is this with everyone writing a children? What is this with adults writing children's books? All these adults writing children's books. Many of them politicians, people in the media, they're all writing these kids' books. I don't get it. I don't get these grown people in politics and in the media who write children's books. I don't get it. Is there a big market for it? There probably is. Maybe I'll write a child's book. What can I write a child's book about? Let's see. Uh, how to avoid the vaccination in school. We'll talk about that later. How a child of 13 can avoid getting the vaccination in school in exchange for a slice of pizza. Later in the show. Right now we're going to talk about Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom is blaming the mayors in California for the high crime rate. So it's not, it's not his responsibility at all. It's, it's on the mayor. It's on the city. Now, this is the same guy who, with COVID, has said his state law rules. Whatever he says rules, the cities don't matter. Those little cities, you know, those little cities run by Republicans. I mean, of course, uh, San Francisco, London, Breeden, Eric Garcetti in L.A., they'll follow anything. Gavin Newsom, they'll follow with their, with their tongues out. But, you know, they're little Republican cities, not, some, not so little, like uh, Sac- outside Sacramento and Anaheim and Orange County. You know, those mayors had no choice but to follow his state law. What he says goes. But when it comes to crime, it's their fault. It's everyone else's fault. Except Gavin Newsom. He has nothing to do with it. And then he goes through this speech of, I was a mayor in San Francisco. He was a mayor. When he was a mayor in San Francisco, homelessness quadrupled. Homelessness was much better before he took office. And when he took office, that was his number one thing. He said, oh, I'll end homelessness. And of course, it got much worse because everything Gavin Newsom touches gets worse, even though he promises the opposite. So this is the blame game. Let's... Let's blame other people. Let's not take any personal responsibility. Let's not take any personal responsibility for the laws that I've pushed, the state laws that have made crime easier. As the governor, I'm just going to blame everybody else. That's what I'm going to do. But everyone knows that Gavin Newsom has made crime easier, has made crime pay, because you don't get arrested anymore in this state. Anywhere, you don't get arrested. Security guards in in, uh, drugstores and jewelry stores can't touch you. They can't touch you. They They can assault you if you're not wearing a mask. I've heard of that. In fact, I know a guy who was assaulted for not wearing a mask. That you can do because that's state sponsored, you see. The state sponsors assault of people that aren't wearing masks because they tell people that they are spreading the disease and they're killing everybody. So state sponsor, of course, there's no science behind any of this. doesn't matter. Uh, state sponsor, 
When the state sponsors it, it's fine. But when it comes to crime, when it comes to stealing under $1,000 worth of items each time, by the way, I can come and go as much as I want as long as I steal under $950 technically. Um, they can't touch me. They can, I can't be arrested. I'm gonna be, if I'm arrested, I'm released the same day. It's a misdemeanor. Nothing. No charges. And, of course, if the security guard touches me, I sue the security guards in the wrong because that is not state-sponsored. They're not sponsoring. They're not letting the security guards touch you in that instance. Not wearing a mask, the state wants you to take that person down. Very dangerous. Stealing $949 worth of goods, let them go. They come back a day later, let them go again. And that's why we're in the situation we're in. So the blame game. So Gavin Newsom, instead of taking the blame himself, blames the mayors. Let's go to a mayor. Lori Lightfoot. We all love Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. Isn't she a beauty? Um... Lori Lightfoot blames the store owners for the smash and grabs. She says, hey, come on, hire more private security. Chain your stuff up at night. Don't you know how to run a business? Oh, it's not the city. You don't pay taxes, so the city has to protect you. You must pay your taxes and also spend extra money on hiring more security, private security, and chaining up your uh, goods every night and putting those gates down. Adding those special gates. Come on, get with it, she says. Lori Lightfoot doesn't take his personal responsibility. It's not the Democratic mayor's fault that crime is through the roof. Not at all. Take personal responsibility. Maybe all those inner city shootings that happen in Chicago, black-on-black crime, you know, where young kids, 8, 9, 10 years old, are killed every weekend. We hear about every weekend, right? There's a crime blotter, 8, 9, 10, 12 people killed in Chicago. Usually there's under five. It's a light weekend. So basically there's, a, there's at least one or two mass murders, if you will, every weekend in Chicago. Um, who does Lori Lightfoot blame for that? The, the parents? Keep your kids chained down? Keep your kids tied up? This is what this is what we're this is what's happening in this country. No one takes personal responsibility. They always blame the next person, usually the person beneath them. The governors blame the mayors, the mayors blame the store owners. And that's what happens. And we never see any solutions. We never see Now may, m- most of these jewelry stores have private security. Are they supposed to hire an army? Are they supposed to hire a 24-hour army? In other words, why should I have to do that to do business in your city, to bring money to your city, to bring tourism to your city? When I can go to a million other cities in this country and not have to pay lower taxes and not be robbed and looted weekly. Hmm. Lori Lightfoot, why? Why? Just so I can do business in Chicago? So I can do business where it's 20 below zero six months out of the year? Why? Where there's... Rampant, violent crime, where I have to worry about being shot and killed, not just getting robbed. These people are absolute narcissists, sociopaths, and they're running things. What we've learned over the last two years is the sociopaths are running the world, not just our cities, not just our states, not just this country, but the entire world, the narcissists. And this is what we get for it. You elect narcissists, you get narcissistic rule. 
Blame everyone else. Blame everyone else. Don't take any personal responsibility in the 21st century. Not at all. And speaking of taking personal responsibility, uh, Dr. David Samady, I guess that's David Saturday, Samady, 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 on, uh, on Twitter writes, the, the coronavirus can infect body fat, scientists say. The research may explain why people who are overweight or obese face greater risk of severe illness and death from COVID. It certainly doesn't explain why they close gyms for the first few months of the pandemic. This is what many of us have been saying from day one. That, and this is what the, the numbers prove, that I believe it was over 80% or 85% of COVID deaths were obese people. Obese, not just overweight, obesely overweight. And that the government should be talking more about losing weight. Think about how many people could have been saved if we started this uh, almost two years ago. If you do it right, you can lose a lot of weight in three or four months. You can get healthy in two or three months. But we didn't push it, did we? So people will continue to die who are overweight now, who if we had told them and we had pushed for this two years ago, would now be in shape and living. But no, we need to push vaccines. It's always pushing the easy thing. It's always the easy answer in this country. The easy answer. A jab in the arm, a mask on the face. Not to lose any weight. Don't have to work out, don't have to eat right. A jab in the arm, a mask on the face. And what has it gotten us? What has it gotten us? More deaths under Joe Biden than Donald Trump. Understand this. More deaths under the guy who said he was going to end COVID than Donald Trump. More deaths under the guy who's had a vaccine his entire presidency than Donald Trump who only had the vaccine in about the last month of his presidency. Basically, Trump didn't have the vaccine at all. At all. He didn't get the vaccine until a month after he lost the election. I guess we can put lost in quotes. Joe Biden's had the vaccine. The vaccines were going into arms, as they love to say, for about a month before Joe Biden took office. More deaths under Joe Biden with the vaccine and therapeutics than on a Donald Trump with no vaccines and no therapeutics and Joe Biden was the guy who said he was going to cure COVID just the way he said he was going to cure cancer. That hasn't happened either, I don't think. <clears throat> but if we had told people to lose weight, if we had only told people to lose weight. So since over 80% of COVID deaths are people who are obese, does that mean we should not allow obese people on airlines? That we should discriminate against the obese? That we should not allow the obese to get medical help the way the, some vaccinated want the unvaccinated to be treated? Why not? And it's not just COVID. The vaccine is just COVID. Obesity is not just COVID. Obesity kills people with everything. Every, every possible disease, obesity makes it worse. Every possible disease, transmittable or not, obesity makes it worse. So why are we allowing the obese to go into hospitals? Why are we allowing the obese to go into restaurants and bars? <clears throat> Since they are much more likely to have COVID than someone who's not. We know that. They're much, much more likely to have COVID than people who are not obese. They're much, much more likely to die of COVID than people who are not obese. You see, this is called reasonable thinking. This is called not being a hypocrite. Okay? This is called common sense. 
but people don't want to listen to this. And my answer is because we've made it so difficult for people to be healthy in this country. Look what we do once the outbreak happens. We close gyms. We sell shit food. Since we make it so difficult for people, we don't want them to be healthy here because we don't. We want more people unhealthy because, come on, I don't have to go through this. Doctors make more money. Health insurance companies make more money. Blah, 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 blah. We know why. Big pharma makes more money. We know why. There's a reason why people in other countries are much healthier, which is why the mortality rate has been a lot less in countries where, let's say, obesity is 10% of the population, not 40. So, since we made it so difficult for people to lose weight here, we don't talk about it. Even during COVID, no one ever talked about it. Of course, I don't believe we should discriminate against those who are obese, even though most of them, 90% of them have control, maybe 10% have thyroid issues. Most of them have control over their weight. But no, of course, we shouldn't stop them from going into restaurants. Of course, we shouldn't stop them from getting health uh, care. But tell the vaccinated that about the unvaccinated. Once again, yes, it's a choice to not be vaccinated, although there is a percentage of people who can't. But there's also a choice about whether you be, be obese or not, even though there's a small percentage of people who don't have that uh, free will with that. So there's a direct correlation, you see. But no, of course we shouldn't discriminate. Of course. That's not the humane thing to do. That's not the human way of going about things. Absolutely, there should be no medical discrimination. There should be no medical tyranny. There should be no medical apartheid. Because you know why? Today it's an obese person. Tomorrow it's an unvaccinated person. The next day, it's you. It's a flaw you are seen as having. And then what? <clears throat> Once again, I'm making too much sense. I know. I make too much sense on the show. On Let's Be Heard, we make too much sense. Or I make too much sense. No one else is making any sense. I'm the one that talks. <clears throat> Let's go back. Speaking of sense. Well, first I want to get to Fox. The Fox News Christmas tree was, was put on fire. I have not seen a more disgusting thing in my life, really, symbolically, than someone putting a Christmas tree on fire. Who cares that it's Fox News? Now, you can bet if that Christmas tree was at CNN or MSNBC, you can bet that if someone put it on fire, they'd all be talking about crazy Trump supporters, crazy right-wing Trump supporters, gun-loving, arson-loving Trump supporters. <laughs> the insurgency of of lighting up and burning a Christmas tree. There's no doubt about it, but it happens to Fox News and most of the, most of the media uh, outlets like CNN, MSNBC, ABC, they talk as though it went on fire by itself. They talk about the, the tree burned. They don't even talk about the fact that it was arson. It was a person who obviously did it because he didn't like Fox News. Was this a Biden supporter? Hmm? Was it a de Blasio supporter? Oh, we don't talk about that, do we? Was it an AOC supporter? A Bernie supporter? We don't want to talk about these things. No, no, but the shoe's on the other foot. Obviously, it's a crazy Trump supporter who should be put away for life. But how do you burn a Christmas tree? How does anybody burn a Christmas tree? It's just a symbolic for cheer. Something we need these days. For goodwill amongst men and women and whatever. The Christmas tree goes on. The guy lights a Christmas tree on fire. 
And of course you get some people on the left who are chuckling, <laughs> making jokes about it. <laughs> Akin to like Death Santas and those stupid ass jokes from people on the left who have no idea what the facts and evidence is and, and reality. But uh, yes, of course you see people on the left totally making fun of it. That the fox Christmas tree went up in flames. Uh, by the way, Christmas tree that draws tourism. People actually go to New York to see that tree. It's it's pretty. It's a beautiful tree, and it gets a lot of people to see it. Now that's been taken away from people. Now they have nowhere to go without a vax passport. One of the few things you can do without a vax passport or masks go see an outdoor Christmas tree. Now that's even being taken away from people. Where the hell are we living? Seriously, where the hell are we living? Well, I hope Fox builds a new one quickly. Get a new one in there. Put the lights on it. Light it up. And then I guess they're going to have to have that 24-hour security that I'm sure the mayor will demand. Well, if you only had 24-hour security, uh, this may not have happened, even though I believe there was even a security guard there at the time. You can't be watching all the time. Crazy people will do crazy things, whether you're watching for them or not. Speaking of crazy people doing crazy things. So at the... uh, (laughs) Barack Obama, Global Prep Academy. I'm sure it's a coincidence that it's the Barack Obama, Global Prep Academy. Uh, There was a a 13-year-old who was given the vaccine by a school nurse in exchange for a slice of pizza. So like a bribe, I give you the slice of pizza, you give me your arm, and I inject you with this experimental serum that we have absolutely no clue what it does to most people, especially children, because it was tested for about 75 days. Can you believe this? Now, uh, (laughs) let me tell you something. Uh, Where I come from, Brooklyn, in the old days, if a teacher dare smack a child or try to discipline a child the way a parent would, uh, my grandparents would go down there and kick the shit out of them. And they weren't the only ones. Can you imagine giving a 13-year-old an injection and, and, then, and then making it worse, the slice of pizza, and saying, don't tell your parents this because I'll get into trouble. Don't tell them that I injected you, that I gave you a medical procedure in school today. Now, why this person isn't in jail? As we speak, I have no clue. But I don't know if that were my kid that person would be flat on their face. Flat on their face. Have we lost our fucking minds? Have we lost our minds? Are you injected? Are you vaccinated? No, I'm not. Oh, here, come into my office. Don't tell anybody. Sneak into my office. I'll I'll sneak into my office and I'll jab you with this. For a slice of pizza. Don't tell your parent. I don't want to get into trouble. So, of course, they knew. They were, how could you not know what you're doing is wrong? But they knew what they were doing is wrong. But if they thought it was wonderful, they'd say, go tell the world. Go tell your mother what you learned in school today. And the extension of this is a story out of, I believe it's Seattle, in the Pacific Northwest, where... A, uh, and I'll go on Twitter and find out exactly where I want to be specific. I want to be right about this. Where children were made in rainy, damp weather, about 40 degrees, eat outside. Eat outside. 
so they not get COVID. 40 degree weather. Here it is. Kindergartner. Here. I was no, Portland. Close enough. Kindergartners are forced to eat lunch outside in 40 degree weather at Capitol Hill Elementary School in Portland. There's a video of them sitting on buckets to socially distance themselves from classmates. 40 degrees. Now, all you would need is a few parents, as I talked about, to show up and knock some heads together. And it would stop. That would be the end of it. And we'd have to cover that. We'd have to make sure the world knows what happens when you do such things. And it would stop. This is what you don't understand about – many people don't understand about this COVID bullshit. A little bit of pushback and it stops because most people pushing it are weak lefties, okay? They're weak lefties. You smack them in the face, they'll cry, and they'll stop. So that's what we need to do. We need to smack back, punch back. Because this is violence. This is violence. And maybe we need some violence to stop it. This is violence. When you, when you inject a child with an experimental vaccine, a 13-year-old, without telling the parent, that's abuse. That's violence. That's a violent act. That's medical rape. When you force kindergartners to sit outside in rainy, damp, 40-degree weather, probably the wind chill of 30, below freezing, to eat because of COVID fear among the adults, as adults have pushed their paranoia, their neuroses on kids like I've never seen before over the last two years, that's been criminal and absolutely disgusting, that is violence against children. It is violence. It is child abuse, which is violence. But all we need is a little bit of pushback. It doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be too, too much. Because, like I said, these people, all you need to do is push back a little bit with these people and they'll stop. They're not stopping because no one's pushing back at all. No one's pushing back at all. The most pushback we see is people going to PTA meetings and then they're labeled domestic terrorists by the Biden administration. But we're not seeing any real pushback. We're not seeing any direct pushback. We're not seeing any pushback that these people have to feel and have to fear daily. Once we see that, things will change. Things will change greatly. What parent, what parent that's worth anything would accept their child being injected with an experimental medical procedure? That they don't know about. What parent would let their elementary school kid, seven, eight years old, sit outside in damn 40 degree weather because the teachers are afraid of COVID? I mean, I'm looking at this video, it's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I think public schools are going south. I think we need to start sending our kids to private schools. I know it's expensive, but if you can afford to, you should absolutely do it because public schools have gone to shit. In fact, they're worth shit because we know who they're run by. They're run by the wacky left. The wacky left who will do anything they want if you don't push back. As long as you keep complying, that's it. Speaking of complying, it's, it's truly amazing how <laughs> – I think I've talked about this before, but the, the progressives, my former progressive friends, have decided 
that Big Pharma is now on their side. So now we have Big Pharma saying that there is a new vaccine, that they're going to tail the vaccine for the new strain, Omicron strain. So this will be vaccine, this will be four, right? Because you got the two, the jab, the booster, and now you got this. So, of course, Big Pharma is saying, we know, we know it works. It's, Omicron's been around for two, two and a half days, but we know it's going to work. Of course it works. Even though they say that, <laughs> supposedly, of course, once again, there's no common sense. They say that if you've had COVID before, you can still get Omicron. So you don't have natural immunity from Omicron. But yet those, still those vaccines that were tailored for those former variants are good for this one. And no one questions that logic. No one questions that, that problem there. No one. No one even talks about it. And the progressives go, oh, good. Oh, I'll be in line. I'll be in line. These are people who just two years ago in 2019 were saying Big Pharma is the most evil thing in the world. They push drugs on the market just to make money. Now they're saying, oh, no, these vaccines, they, they're very important. They want to save our lives. They want to save our lives. Big Pharma wants to save our lives. Nothing to do with money. Nothing to do with greed. I mean, does it, I, this is why I cannot talk to progressives anymore. I can't because they've proven their word is shit. They've proven they're the biggest hypocrite phonies ever. They are the biggest hypocrite phonies ever to live. They're more hypocritical than establishment Democrats. At least we know where they stand. They've always been pro-Big Pharma. But progressives? The ones who were bitching and moaning for five years over two Bernie Sanders campaigns, how horrible Big Pharma was, how we needed to get rid of Big Pharma, defund Big Pharma, if you will. Now where are they? Deep, deep on the side of Big Pharma. Yes, people, yes, the people making these vaccines, they're Big Pharma. They're the same as the drug people, by the way. Those commercials you see for drugs on television, those are the same companies that make the vaccines, by the way. They're not different. It's the same Big Pharma, in case you were just too stupid enough to understand this. They're the same people. The same people, the same motivation. Wealth, money, wealth, money. Their company's getting bigger. The CEO's getting fatter and richer. The same people. The exact same people. You know, it's, it's really impossible to be, to be even friendly with these people anymore. And by the way, I'm not the one who ends friendships. But we do know the branch Covidians love to end friendships with those who were not vaccinated. This is like a new thing for them. Speaking of trusting Big Pharma, of course, they see no problem with this either. They're going to take 75 years to release the data on the vaccines. Now, it only took 75 days to test the damn thing. They spent about 75 days testing it, yet it's going to take 75 years to release the data. How trustworthy is that? Oh, how dare I be suspicious? How dare I be suspicious when they say we need 75 years until everyone who's gotten the vaccine has died, either from the vaccine or not, before we release the data? And of course, what progress? Oh, pro- oh pro- this makes perfect sense, progressives think. Perfect sense. 75 years just takes a long time to get data together. My goodness. Wake up. Wake up. 
Yes, the insane Democrats, the insane progressives are fine with this. There's no talk in Congress amongst Nancy Pelosi and her friends, amongst Chucky Schumer and his friends and his colleagues to investigate this. To have hearings about why it's taking 75 years to release the data. You know, it's amazing. What if I said, oh, I'm going to take 75 years to release the data. We're going to do the investigation of January 6th, but I- and I'll release it in 75 years. What would Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer say? What would they say? In 75 years, we'll, we'll let people know exactly what happened. They're all over that. They want to know everything. They want to know now. They want to make stuff up. They want to put people on the panel who are going to vote the way they want them to. Which is exactly what's happening. But 75 years to release data on vaccines that we already know don't work, by the way. We already know they don't work. We already know they, they, were, they were made to prevent the spread. We were told they would. We were told they would get us back to normal. It hasn't done any of that stuff, so it's shit and it doesn't work and it's garbage. So why is 75 years needed to release that information? And yet my former progressive friends think this is just fine. Absolutely. If Big Pharma wants 75 years, well, there must be a good reason why they need three quarters of a century. We'll see you in, when are we going to see you? We'll see you in 2100, right? Later than 2100. No, about 2100. I don't know. I can't do math. Yeah, about 2100, the year 2100. <clears throat> we'll see you. We'll we'll have all, by 2100, we'll have all the information out there. Oh, my God. It is sick out there and getting sicker. It really is. Oh, boy. Well, this is Mike Cachopoli. You've been listening to, and let's be heard, 30 minutes went by so quickly. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow for a very, very exciting Friday show. Thanks for listening.